Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you feel like your allergies are having a comeback tour and you want relief quickly, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny, and itchy nose and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. The world stops when there is a Beyonce drop. Mm. And on Monday, June 20th, we just got the first single off her upcoming album, Renaissance. The song is called Break My Soul. It is a cathartic dance floor, liberatory chorus. The verse is about workers' rights, the great resignation, mass unionization. This is a significant release for Beyonce. She's teaming up with producers Tricky Stewart and The Dream. Do you know what else they've produced with Beyonce, Nate? I'm going to say Single Ladies. Correct, yes. It's been six years since Beyonce put out her last studio solo record, Lemonade. And like that record and all of her releases, she's putting this out in a new and creative way. She doesn't abide by the traditional album and single release model, Mm. right? She always upends it. The song was released, as I said, on Monday. What day do songs release on? Friday. That's right. Yeah. Do you know why? I don't know why. So it used to be that new music was released on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. But when Beyonce put out her 2013 self-titled album, it came out, surprisingly, on a Friday. And its overwhelming success played a big part in why the music industry decided to shift release days to Fridays. So Beyonce broke the release schedule. Yes. That's fascinating. And she's doing it again. Now she's saying, Monday's the day. And not just any Monday. It's the combination of pride the Juneteenth federal holiday, the summer solstice. And I think most shockingly, Beyonce is giving us a house track. Why is that shocking? Well, it seems that the whole world has agreed that Beyonce is bringing house music back. Here's a few headlines. Mother Jones, Beyonce is bringing back house music and not a moment too soon. BBC, Beyonce, Drake, and the revival of house music. Drake just put out a record that has a lot of house music and subgenres like Jersey Club. Finding myself, showing myself. My favorite headline, though, from The Print. Mm-hmm. 1990s house music and fashion are back. Unfortunately, so is a 1970s economy. Real bait-and-switch headline. All these headlines make it sound like house music was accidentally left at the grocery store. And <laughs> then, like, Beyonce went and, and picked it up and, and like, dropped it off in, in her minivan. And, and now house music is back, thanks to, thanks to her. I, I assume we're going to unpack the, the veracity of, of this claim <laughs> that house music just went away. Which brings me to something very exciting. I smell an announcement. This is one of the most exciting days of the show. We have a new producer that's joining us. Woo! Is this one, is this one I could speak? You can speak. Hello. Hello. Wow, welcome. Rana Cruz. Hello. You are 
the new producer on Switched on Pop. I am. And I'm very happy to be here. And you've been investigating this question of what does it mean to be bringing house music back and where did it all start? I have. So I am a house music aficionado, but um, to understand more about house music and its history, I hit up Jason King, who's the chair of the Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music at New York University. He's a dance music scholar, even published articles on Beyonce herself. So this is like the exact person we need to be talking to. And I asked him what exactly is house music? House music is a highly rhythmic dance music that was created by mostly black and brown POC queer artists in the late 1970s and early 1980s. So it comes out of the remains of disco music and its subculture throughout the 70s, often repurposing the songs and sounds of disco. Disco had anthems like I Will Survive. those kinds of songs that made you feel powerful and and assertive on the dance floor. Disco supposedly died in the late 1970s, around 1979, and then there was this post-disco moment, and House was one of the forms that came out of that post-disco moment. So we all know disco, right? Disco is categorized by excess, you know, massive string sections, soaring vocals, Mm -hmm. lyrics usually about things like love, dancing, other great stuff. A great example of this is Thelma Houston's song, Don't Leave Me This Way. House music borrows from disco's sense of optimism and uplift. And that was especially important for the communities that disco was serving, particularly black and brown, queer and trans communities. So you guys have heard of the whole, like, disco is dead moment, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we reported a story on disco demolition long time ago. Right. So, like, you know, the whole, the whole story of that, right, is that, like, the supposed death of disco came in 1979. There was the infamous disco demolition night where a whole baseball stadium of people literally celebrated the explosion and, and blowing up of a massive pile of disco records. And, like... Yeah. We could argue the roots of that in in sort of an emerging rocktimism. We could argue its roots in racism and homophobia. But the impact was that disco was like immediately labeled bad and uncool and anything catering to similar communities went underground as a result. House producers were inspired by the uplift and the four to the floor kick of disco, but couldn't afford the aforementioned sweeping 30-piece orchestra sections like we heard in Thelma <laughs> Houston. So they leaned more towards what they had at their disposal. House music uses drum machines and samplers and synthesizers, this pulsating, incredible, rhythmic music. So a classic example of this would be Frankie Knuckles' song, Your Love. So the music found its place in gay clubs, ballrooms, literal warehouses, hence the name House. Right, right, right. Propelled by a fan base of these queer and trans communities of color. And from there... It spread and became a more mainstream music and became a kind of major dance genre. So house music had a decade or so of being mostly in the underground. And then in the 90s, pop music and house music fully converged. And you could hear it in things like... CNC Music Factory... Janet Jackson's Together Again. Madonna.
But one of the most iconic examples, in, in my eyes at least, comes from the artist Robin S. Show Me Love is that moment in which house music and pop music were really coming together. Show Me Love comes out of this vocal, soulful house tradition. And in that tradition of house music, you had these foregrounded, like kind of woman, black woman, largely with battleship voices. And that's a tradition that largely had black and brown queer men as the like central fan base, right? And Robin S was definitely out of that tradition. And you hear that in Beyonce's music too, you know, you won't break my soul. It's like, you know, an anthem of defiance. So in the case of Break My Soul, you guys previously mentioned it's a house track, right? And, and knowing what we know, this is undoubtedly true. I asked Jason how specifically it embodies the genre. The clear thing that I hear in a song like Break My Soul is that percussive four on the floor beat with those hi-hats going. That's a staple of house music. She's also got this kind of bass sound going on, and that's produced by a synthesizer called the Korg M1. That was a classic synthesizer that was used in early 1990s music. You might hear it in a song like Deeper Love by CNC Music Factory or Finally by CC Peniston. Hear it throughout Show Me Love 2 by Robin S. So Beyonce doesn't necessarily just use the spirit of house music. She actually samples or quote unquote samples Robin S. Yeah, the first time I heard Break My Soul, it was clear to me that there was a Robin S reference because Show Me Love was not only very successful, but it was also one of the originators of that iconic house organ sound that Beyonce's song is clearly referencing. Those are definitely the same sounds, but it's not that surprising to me because the Korg M1 is a very popular synthesizer. It's the best-selling synthesizer of all time. They sold over 250,000 units when it was in production from 1988 to 1995. And Show Me Love made that organ sound very popular. It was ubiquitous in house music of the time, and it's been used in contemporary music in countless examples. Bob Sinclair's World Hold On. I mean, I've also heard it uh, on Katy Perry's Swish Swish, which is produced by Duke Dumont, who's like a house producer in his own right. Another one in the best. And a lot of people sample the original Robin S as well. Like, I know, Rihanna, you are a big time Charlie XCX fan. Charlie XCX scholar, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Charlie. She used it on her new record, Crash, on the song Used to Know Me. I feel like when we hear that organ sound on Break My Soul, just like, boom, takes you right into that 90s house music kind of vibe that has never left us. So Break My Soul credits the songwriters of Show Me Love 
basically saying that there's a sample here. But I'm not sure about that. Like, I don't think this is actually a story of the sample. Hear me out, all right? I'm listening. Break My Soul supposedly samples Show Me Love. That's how it's been reported, at least. But I don't think this is a story of a sample. It's kind of screwy, especially when you get into the credits. Robin S. performed Show Me Love, but wasn't a songwriter, so she's not a listed songwriter for the sample on Break My Soul. Instead, songwriting credits are given to Alan George and Fred McFarlane, the original songwriters on Show Me Love. But what's weird here is that their song, the one that they wrote, doesn't even have that house organ sound on it. The version we know with that house organ comes from DJ Stonebridge, who remixed the song in 92. The organ sound that DJ Stonebridge uses is clearly the main inspiration for Break My Soul, but because remixers aren't technically songwriters, he doesn't seem to be getting any songwriting or publishing credits on the Beyonce track. And maybe weirdest of all is that this isn't even a sample. Both songs have clearly different bass lines. Here's Show Me Love. And here's Break My Soul. So those are similar. They both go from a higher note to a lower note. They're both rhythmically syncopated, making you want to dance. But they're not exactly the same, are they? No. The Show Me Love house organ line has more notes, it moves around more, it's a little busier. The Beyonce Break My Soul House organ line is a little more streamlined, a little simpler, just two notes going back and forth. So similar, but not identical. Yeah, they mash up well, and even if you put them back to back with the Show Me Love and the Break My Soul after, you can see that they're different. And actually have to put Break My Soul in the right key because they are in different keys. Show Me Love. Break My Soul. I would argue that there are classic 90s house tracks that sound even more like the Robin S than the Beyonce does. Check out Live and Joy's Don't Stop Movin'. They didn't credit the songwriters of the Robin S, mm. who didn't originally even use that organ patch. Mm. So it makes us wonder, like, why is this a sample? Well, I suppose... One reason that they would credit Show Me Love, even though these house organ lines are not an exact sample, is that in a world, in the aftermath of the Blurred Lines copyright case, where Robin Thicke, Pharrell, and T.I., even though they didn't sample a Marvin Gaye song, had to pay the Marvin Gaye estate and the owners of the publishing of his song got to give it up. Since that moment, artists have become very cautious and it might be wise to give a copyright credit for a song that you didn't directly sample if there's even a remote possibility that that artist might file a suit at some point so it's like a way of just covering your bases mm. so there might be some element of that just trying to get ahead of any possible controversy by making the show me love songwriters get credits on break my soul makes sense to me I also think it's it comes out of a sort of respect to community because the house music community is a very tight-knit, very protective over their genre community. And I think by crediting the original songwriters, it's Beyonce sort of extending an arm 
saying that I'm not trying to appropriate this. I, I recognize where my sources are. I recognize where my inspirations are and bringing them into the current picture. Okay, so we've got like commercial and cultural reasons why we might have a pseudo sample here. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'd like to believe that's part of the reason, you know, not just cold commercial calculus, but actually a desire to give these legendary house artists their flowers. And I think I saw that Robin S. has had this new wave of popularity and maybe rediscovery thanks to Break My Soul. So if, the, if it is the latter motivation, I think that is really paying off. But part of the thing is, is that Robin S. didn't even know that she was being sampled, which I, I think is crazy um, because I feel like Beyonce could have done this to, to extend an arm to the community, like I said. But Robin S. had to be told by her family members that she was trending on Twitter because she didn't even know her song was being sampled. Well, that's another wrinkle in this saga. I love hearing these connections. That Korg M1 organ bass sound is iconic. It makes me think of Robin S. But one sample slash reference does not a house song make. Beyonce is pulling out all the stops here. We're going to hear more the second half of the show. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. If you have allergies, then I've got a familiar scenario for you. You wake up on a beautiful spring morning and peek outside. You get a feel of that nice breeze, but then you start to feel a little tickle in your nostrils. That tickle is the spring air telling you to go be a hermit and avoid the outside because you'll soon be a sniffling, sneezing mess. But don't listen to it. Allergies suck, but a good nasal spray makes all the difference. I personally learned that I suffer from adult onset allergies, and it's a real bummer. But a good allergy med makes all the difference for my ability to go out in the springtime to smell magnolias, my favorite flower. If you also want relief quickly to get back to breathing in the spring air, you can try Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Calling all female runners. It's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. So 
So when we hear Beyonce's new single, Break My Soul, it takes us right into classic 90s house music. Before we get into what that means, I want to listen to a couple more of those signifiers. Rihanna, you spoke with Jason King. He mentioned specifically the sound of the drums, Mm -hmm. right? The pulsating, four to the floor, synthesized drum beat. House producers are known for using drum machines. Many of us are very familiar with the famous 808 drum machine. That's primarily the sound of hip hop. Its siblings, the 707, and the 909, those are the sounds of house music. You can hear the 909 on Mr. Fingers. Can you feel it? Jason mentioned Madonna. It's on Vogue. At least the hi-hats on Show Me Love, they sound like a 909 to me. And we're getting that same vibe, of course, on Break My Soul. These drum sounds, to me, sound a little brighter a little lighter, less deep than the 808. And I wonder if that's because house music has quicker tempos, it has a little more bounciness and brightness, and so these drums maybe support that kind of groove. They're definitely very punchy, and in music which is meant to be primarily dance music, for sure, it's a good sound, definitely fits. Keeps you on your toes. So we've got the Robin S. Korg M1 organ sound. We've got the 909 drums. The other thing that stands out to me is the house piano. There's like a sound of house piano. Yeah. SHP shitty house piano. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great sound. It's actually another one of the factory patches off of that Korg M1 synthesizer. It's great. I say shitty as a compliment. It's like, it sounds like a really bootleg piano in a way that is so unique and so sharp and effective. And it can't be bad because it's totally iconic. It's everywhere. That sound is a strong signal to me that, okay, we're in a house track. I think of a song like Black Boxes, Right on Time. Jason mentioned CeCe Peniston's Finally. And if you want to fire me for making this reference, you're totally welcome. It's also all over Barbie Girl by Aqua. You never have to apologize for Barbie Girl, Charles. As a Eurodance apologist, I love Aqua. <laughs> so. What strikes me about this constellation of characteristic house music sounds from the 707 and 909 drum machines to the... Korg M1 house organ and house piano is that they take these familiar sounds, drums, organs, pianos, and they transform them into something that is kind of tight and clipped and bright and slightly unnatural in this way that just pulls you into the song and gives the song so much like explosiveness. You can't help but dance. There's some 
uncanny property to these sounds that make it irresistible to dance. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Explodinate because uh, <laughs> that leads us to maybe one of the most essential parts of Break My Soul, and that's the big Frida Bounce record, Explode. So, Big Frida, love her, queen of bounce. Yes. Mm. She's credited with bringing bounce music to a national stage. Bounce music is very regional, located to New Orleans, and is like adjacent to the sort of hip-hop club music of the area. It's founded on these call-outs and chants. You know, you could hear it. She shouts over and over again, release your wiggle, right? <laughs> She's telling everybody to get down and boogie. And um, Explode came out in 2014 and is like a perfect distillation of what bounce is. And in the context of Break My Soul, the general ethos of both songs is the same. It's to let go, to set yourself free, specifically leaning on the plights of labor and to like loosen up and using Big Frida's to Beyonce's credit because like they work together on formation. I did not come to play with you hoes. <laughs> I came to slay, bitch. Similarly, I think it's interesting that, you know, in passing, we've brought up Drake in these conversations, but Big Frida also connects us to Drake because she's the voice that we hear at the beginning of Nice For What. I want to know who motherfucking representing it here tonight. So, you know, she has an immediately recognizable voice. Mm. The minute I heard Break My Soul, I was like, that is Big Frida yeah. at the top carrying us through Explode. So using Frida on a song like Break My Soul is honestly intentional if we're thinking about the sort of perceived community references because Big Frida exemplifies the queer, gender nonconforming communities of color that house music was designed for. And by bringing somebody in who specializes in this form of bounce, right? The the queen of bounce, as I said. Beyonce is kind of fusing together these regional subgenres under the sort of all-consuming banner of house and bringing it all together in quite a lovely way. The one thing I take away is that this Beyonce release, Break My Soul, the Drake album that you mentioned, and possibly some other tracks coming down the pike might represent a transition away from the disco revival, which we've been living in at least since Daft Punk released Random Access Memories. And maybe we're transitioning now into a house revival era of the 2020s, which kind of parallels how disco itself evolved into house back in the 70s and 80s. So that leaves me pretty excited for the upcoming house wave. I think the question is, how will it pay homage to the progenitors of the sound and the community that has sustained it? And not just supporting a narrative of, oh, Beyonce is bringing back house. House music might be having a very mainstream wave, but I was talking the other day with friend of the pod, Michael Salkind, who is a, also a house scholar. And he was saying, you know what? Has house music ever gone anywhere? Hasn't it always been here? Especially Beyonce. From the very beginning, there have been house remixes of Destiny's Child. And she's comfortable working in that four-to-the-floor kind of vibe. On the Lion King album called The Gift that she worked on, her song Find Your Way Back is sort of like an Afrobeats house kind of vibe. Said, Find your way back. Big, big world, but you got it, baby. 
So maybe in her own words, we actually don't need to find our way back to house. Maybe it's just been there all along. I mean, I also thought of track four off of the self-titled Blow, which is very clearly drawing from disco as well as house. So Beyonce sort of has this history of using house beats and incorporating that into her music. But I also think it's natural for people to be a little bit bristly, maybe, about about somebody like Beyonce taking this sound that's near and dear to a particular community and bringing it to the mainstream once again. I know that when I first listened, I was like, oh, this song rocks. But in the back of my head, I was like, what does this necessarily mean? So I asked our expert, Jason, what he thought about the genre's resurgence in this current moment. Some people are concerned about Beyonce or Drake taking house music or using house music on their tracks. I think both of them I look at as kind of curatorial geniuses, especially Beyonce. You know, her career legacy has been to synthesize all of these strands of American and global music, whether she's doing R&B or soul or pop or electronica. So she's a synthesizer. She's a curator, even more than, I think, being an avant-garde innovator. So knowing what we know about house music, its history, and its communities, on Break My Soul, I also asked Jason, does Beyonce effectively capture the essence of house music? So on one hand, you know, I can understand how some people would see a song like this as a exploitative moment in which, you know, she's releasing a song on Juneteenth, and it's also Pride Month, and it's Pride Week in New York City. So it feels in some ways like Beyonce could just be similar to a corporation who's kind of jumping on the bandwagon. But it could also, from the other hand, just be a moment to claim the beauty and the historical bounty of house music and, and intersectional identities. This is like a queer, friendly summer 2022 anthem of defiance and resistance, I think, when the community she's serving needed it most. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about house music revival, and it might seem like Beyonce is bringing house back, right? Like these headlines and and what we talked about. But keeping it real, Jason puts it really well. So house music has been here. It's going to be here for a long time. And house music happens to be the latest thing that people are sampling more and more. Beyonce is probably just the most high-profile artist to be working with house music in this current moment. So right now, Beyonce is giving us house music, Mm -hmm. and I'm vibing on it. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm very excited to see what happens when Renaissance comes out later this summer. I've heard inklings in the atmosphere that it's going to be part country and part dance. Stop it. No. There was a source in an article that said it's supposed to be half country, half dance, which me... Put my Madonna stan hat on, gives (laughs) 2000s music, but who am I? Who am I to say? This may not be the last podcast we devote to Beyonce. All right, I'll see you all real soon. Switched on Pop is now produced by Rihanna Cruz. We are edited by Jolie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarland. Our illustrations are by Iris Gottlieb, community management by Abby Barr, executive producers Anna Rosen, Nishat Kurwa, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network, and a production of Vulture. And a big thank you to Jason King. In addition to being our Beyonce expert, he has a new podcast launching called Sound Barrier, with the first season focusing on the icon Sylvester. It's available only on Spotify. Check it out. You can find more episodes of Switched on Pop anywhere you get podcasts and our website, switchedonpop.com. You can follow us on social media at Switched on Pop, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, our question for the week is house music is very big and broad. What is the iconic, the essential house track to you? If you're given one track to somebody to be the house song in question, what is that song? 
Marshall Jefferson movie about it. Oh, sorry, you weren't asking me. Okay, so that's for the, that's for the <laughs> listeners. We'll be back again on Tuesday. And until then, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. One final shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. You know what's a terrible question? What's your favorite part of having nasal allergies? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. Luckily, you might be able to find some relief with Astapro. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. And it starts working in just 30 minutes. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount. That's astaproallergy.com. Use this directive for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docuseries Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.